Welcome to the How To Anything podcast. My name is Nick Billock, and this podcast is all about translating my 50 or so years on this planet into stories of how to do so many things that sometimes have everything to do with each other, and other times nothing at all. My goal in each episode is to tell you the how behind something, sprinkled in with life experiences that have literally taken me around the globe. Thanks for tuning in, so let's get on with this episode. So welcome again uh, to episode 25 of the How To Anything podcast. I am recording along the Cuyahoga River today. So I have birds singing behind me. I have the Cuyahoga River flowing in front of me. Occasionally a train goes by and there's people out riding their bikes, uh, just kind of hanging out, walking around a beautiful day in downtown Kent, Ohio. So today's How To is how to be available. Now, obviously that, that takes some context. And so go with me here for a moment, but this is going to be a little bit of storytelling of some things that have been in my extreme recent past, like within the last week, and then going back years. Uh, so a little bit of story, a little bit of uh, context here with when I say how to be available. So in my walk, and this hasn't always been the case, but for for many years now, I've tried to get out of the way of myself, meaning tried to become less selfish and then and put my put my trust in my future and my decision making and something greater than myself. Now, I'm sure that not every single person that is listening to this podcast shares the same faith that I do. Uh, if you've listened to all of my podcasts or even some of them, you've probably seen that faith is definitely a big part of my life. Uh, I don't make any bones about it. I don't hide it. Um, but it's impossible to, I guess, not talk about it when it's such a big part of my life. And there's been a kind of a ripple effect of multiple things that really came front and center this past week that I wanted to talk about. So when I say how to be available... What I mean is being available to be influenced or led or guided in a certain path that you may not understand that whether it's uh, some people prefer to the universe. Uh, for me, you know, I, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus Christ. I do believe that he guides my steps. I am constantly seeking that, asking for it, asking for opportunities to present themselves that I may be, be able to serve others and bless others. And I, I want his, I want him to lead my steps. I really want to get out of the way of myself. Now I wasn't always that way. So Margie and I, we've been married for coming up on 31 years. I definitely had more of a selfish life up until about 10 or 11 years ago. And I've really tried to get out of the way of myself. Now, I would say that most people in this country, I don't want to say for the world, but I think us as human beings are wired in such a way that we're born selfish. So we are about what I want. And there's nothing wrong with having wants and needs. But think about the end of life. Think about um, your passing and you have passed away, would you want you yourself to have a legacy where you got out of the way of yourself and you served others and you made impacts that maybe you didn't quite understand? Or 
would you want to have lived a life that was really just solely about you? And if it was solely about you and it didn't leave that type of legacy behind you, which, which path, which story do you want told for you? I can tell you that going down the path where I feel led and I, I listen to, or not, not necessarily audibly listen, but when there's a quote nudge, uh, to do something and move a different direction, maybe to speak to somebody, maybe to do a physical act of some kind. And I act on that because I am constantly seeking that guidance. Uh, I may, may not understand what's going on at the moment, but then when I look back, I can see how the landscape was painted. The, the quote, artist was building it. Now, the other, the other way is it's all about me and just being selfish and living just for yourself and what I want, what I want, what I want. That's so much of what this culture is around us. But I will tell you that there, I believe there is so much more to, to experience, to pour into others that, you know, I, 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 I wrote this, I wrote this post on Facebook and I uh, just yesterday, actually, and it was talking about, you know, so much focus is put on money and accomplishments and no one cares um, when we leave this earth about how much money we made, but they care about the impacts that we made on their life. So going back to the, the theme of this episode, meaning how to be available, you have to have that constant conversation, that vertical conversation. So most people believe in a God of some sort. They may not... Uh, necessarily agree with say maybe my faith but they believe in god capital g that there is this being out there that is controlling things that is someone that you can pray to even people that aren't professing christians when things get rough you'll see them thanking god or praying to god or asking people to pray so i do believe that most people think there is that that spiritual being that is out there so if you are constantly seeking that guidance, even if you're not someone who's practicing particular faith, I believe that he can have influence on things if you're available. So I want to tell you a couple stories where I feel that that was actually happening. I'll go back a little bit over a year ago, and I was volunteering at the CrossFit Games. And when I go up to Madison, Wisconsin, and for those of you that aren't in the CrossFit, CrossFit Games essentially is like the Super Bowl of CrossFit. It's the elite athletes, 40 men, 40 women from around the world, the best of the best. They all come to Madison, Wisconsin to to compete or to essentially exercise, but to to go and do extreme competitions over several days. And I love to go up there and volunteer and be a part of that environment. So in that community and, and just kind of volunteer my time to be behind the scenes and do all that. Anyway, when we're up there, we stay at the University of Wisconsin on, in their dormitories. And we stay there because all we really need is a, is a, a room to sleep in uh, because we are spending morning till night um, at the venue. So my, last year, my roommate, uh, his name was Brian, and he was on the medical team. I uh, didn't really know Brian much. I knew him by name because we met, we were roommates. And every single day we had to be at the venue at a particular time. So I would get up early, brew my espresso, uh, 
take a shower and get off to the venue. But this one particular day, we were able to come in one hour later just because the event schedule for that day was such that we could be given an extra hour in the morning. So had that not had that not been the case, what then happened that morning would have never happened the way it did. So go with me for a moment. So we're able to go in one hour later. So my schedule is shifted to the right by one hour. So I get up, I go down there, I do my morning routine, brush my teeth, shave and all that. And when I leave my room, Brian is in his bed, still sleeping. And again, I'm one hour later. Okay. So normally I would have been gone by now, but it's one hour later on just this one day. So I go shower or I don't shower, I shave, brush my teeth, come back to the room. And at this point, Brian is actually laying on his back and a little bit of foaming at his mouth and his hands are pulled up and I try to get his attention and he's laying flat on the dormitory room floor. So he's out of his bed, even put, I believe if I remember correctly, put his pillow underneath his head. So he, he appeared to deliberately do this, but he, he wouldn't respond to me and I couldn't get him to talk. I couldn't get him. He just kind of moaned a little bit. And from what I could tell in personal experience with seizures, it appeared that maybe he was having a seizure and as time went on, I called 911 and then Brian doesn't recall this day, doesn't remember getting up, uh, laying on the floor. He doesn't remember being in the hospital for several days after that. And even to this date, Brian and I stay in frequent contact. He lives out in Washington State, if I'm remembering correctly, all the way on the West Coast. And we stay in contact. He can't come out to the games this year, which are happening in just over a week from now. Uh, but he is doing well. But he stayed for quite a while at the hospital. His wife flew out. And even to this day, they're not exactly sure whatever happened. But one thing they did tell him was that had he not been found, he likely you know, would have passed away. And so I, I reflect back on that. And I reflect on God's hand and how he used me in this moment on this particular day to be there for this stranger that now can still hold his child, hug his wife, be the firefighter that he loves being and live life to its fullest instead of it being extinguished and ended forever. And I'm no hero. I mean, I was just there. I called 911, uh, but I, I believe I was placed in that moment for that particular reason. So when I'm constantly seeking God's leadership and guidance into, you know, what I should do and be and to be aware of things around me, so I see them when they when they present themselves. But if I just take, if I just back that up and I go back several years, what got me to the CrossFit Games to volunteer? What got me into CrossFit? That goes all the way back to 2014 to where friends invited us to go to a CrossFit class. You can pedal it all the way back and you have to wonder at what point or was it at all times that God's hand was on everything that I did, everything, all the paths that I took in these recent years. Did he put me into CrossFit? Did he make me fall in love with it? Did he put me in this particular dorm room? Did he adjust that schedule? Did he make sure that I was going to be there 
to be there for this for this man. I like to think that he did. I don't think there's coincidences. I think Brian would tell you the same. He doesn't believe this was any kind of coincidence. And we've talked about faith a little bit. And I don't know Brian's faith. I don't know what he believes. And it, it really doesn't matter because, you know, everyone that's born on this earth, you know, Christ loves, God loves them. Even if they reject him, he still loves them. And he will do things to to rescue people. So that's one instance. And so you could go back and say, well, what if I never joined CrossFit? What if I, all these different things, all these pieces and parts that brought me to that one, that one thing. But maybe I'll never know. But I like to hang my hat on that he had a big part to do with that. So let's go back a little bit, uh, just a whole four or five days. So just during this past week, and I will save the names just to protect privacy and all that, but there's a gentleman in my neighborhood, and he's a, an older gentleman, a veteran, army veteran, who always out, and in his later years, always mowing the grass, doing yard work, just very, very active gentleman. Never got very close to him, but we were friends, and he was a great neighbor to have, always very vigilant, kept an eye on everything, but if you've ever, ever had anybody that has had cancer, you know that cancer just doesn't care. It's ruthless. It goes after you. And, you know, he put up a good fight. And it got to a point where the treatment wasn't worth it anymore. It was better to, you know, fight it at home and go, go on hospice care and live out his, his days, which could be days, weeks, or months uh, with his wife of 47 years. But... Each week for the past probably month, month and a half or so, Margie has a very big heart of service. And while she may not like to cook, she she cooks awesome meals. And she knew that these this couple probably wasn't eating much, especially being sick. And he um so we we she used her love of cooking uh, to take meals over there. And that got us in the door a couple times just to check in with him and see how he's doing. And a couple of weeks ago, I asked him, I said, do you mind if I, you know, I pray for you? And I, mean, and I didn't mean just pray for him on my own. I, I was asking him, can I pray over you? And he was welcome to it. And I don't, I don't believe, um, to my knowledge, that he is a Christian or has a faith that, you know, I, I don't believe we share a faith. Now, I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but it's, I, I don't believe so. But that, it, it's really immaterial, you know, in the story. But that, it didn't matter. I wanted to put my hand on his shoulder and pray that God would heal him and that would work a miracle in his life. I didn't know if he was going to do that. It's, it's not for me to do that. It's for me to be available. And I felt very nudged to pray over my neighbor. So I did. Days went on, and I believe about two weeks later, coming up this past week, a lot of people were coming over, which told me that family is coming over in cars that I don't normally see. They've probably been told that his days are numbered, and it's, it's not going to be long now. I really wanted to go see him, but I'm not family. I kept my distance. And then the following day, uh, there was 
nobody in the driveway except for the garage door was up and it was their car. So I thought, well, this is a great opportunity. And then I just felt this overwhelming, not audible voice, but this overwhelming nudge to get over there and go now. So didn't put my shoes on, nothing. I just walked out the door, left everything open and walked on over there immediately and knocked on the door. His wife answered the, answered the door and, you know, I said, how's he doing? And she's like, well, he's, every day's bad. Every day is not really good anymore, but he's resting. And, and I walked over to his hospital bed that they had delivered a day prior. And I looked over and the breathing machine was there and I re- made reference to it. And I said, so is that help him breathe? And she's like, yes. So I looked a little closer and looking for the tubes that surround your head when you have the breathing tubes on. I didn't see them. Looked a little bit closer and just things weren't adding up that things were well. So, you know, I, I checked his pulse and on his neck, his carotid artery and his, uh, his wrist and couldn't find anything. And he was a little bit cooler than I expected. And you know, she really thought that he was resting and you know, she suffers from from dementia and is confused and here I am neighbor not family not a relative and not much more than a high neighbor type of relationship here but I told her I said I think we need to make a phone call so a series of events took took off from there uh, I stayed there until uh, her son could get there he who was staying there he would just run out for an errand and then was going to was going to come back but I called 911, local EMT showed up and called the hospital and they pronounced him at that time. And, you know, I gave her a hug and I told her that uh, I was really, really sorry and that I wasn't going to leave until her son got there and did the best I could answering questions. And then when he showed up, I brought him up to speed about what had happened. And I told him, I said, I think my time here is, is done. Uh, if you have any, if you need anything at all, I would be I'm right here. Just let me know. But um, it's time for the your family to step in and do what needs to be done. And then before I left, I walked over and gave her one last hug. And if you knew my older daughter, when I told you she hugged me the way my daughter hugs me, my d- oldest daughter squeezes like the cut the circulation off type of hug. And that's what she did. And if you were to ask her today, she probably wouldn't even remember me being there just because of you know, what she suffers from, but I do believe that God sent me over there for that moment in time to be with her as her husband died. And I don't believe he was, he, he had been passed for more than even 30 minutes uh, based on when her son was there. So I think it had just happened. And even Margie made reference to it. perhaps even his spirit, you know, came right on over and got me. You know, I don't know things that are unseen, uh, the spiritual realm. I will never act like I know what, how that works or explain it, but I do believe there are a lot of spiritual things at work in this world. And if I'm available to be led, to get out of the way of myself, perhaps I can influence or not influence. That's not what I mean. Perhaps I can affect positively somebody else's life and stand in the gap there just for a moment. 
and then move on with my life and, and remember. And I've been thinking about him all week and how life is so short and can be taken away so quickly. And I'm thankful for that, that nudge I had to go and see him. So those are just a couple stories that I, I wanted to share. I'm sure there are others in my past that I don't recall, but I'm trying to really pay attention. And when I wake up every day and I, I go about my life, I am always looking at ways that maybe I can be a positive influence or bless somebody else or just be tuned in to the God I believe in that he would let me know when it's time for me to do something, whatever that something is. And then when it does come to have the courage to step out and do it, because often we may feel that nudge to do something, yet we don't act on it. We're afraid of it. And if we don't act on it, we never know. But I believe if we're tuned in, if we're following the guidance that we're being given and we're true and authentic to that, I think he'll take care of us. And sometimes it might be painful. It might hurt. But ultimately, it's not about us. Now, if we could just get out of the way of ourselves, that we might bless others and enrich their lives. And I guess in this last story, stay in the gap for just a moment. We, we might be able to be used for awesome things that have nothing to do with us whatsoever. So when I go back to the theme of this podcast about how to any, how, or how to be available, I think that is really about having that vertical relationship with God, with Jesus Christ, with who the person is that you worship. Um, I think you need to be tuned in. I think you need to have that ongoing relationship. It's and not don't approach it like an a la carte menu where you can just reach in and get what you need when you need it, but more of an ongoing morning to night, every day type of relationship with with the prayer that, you know, God show me when there's a time that you want me to be your hands and feet to perhaps bless somebody else and help me to have the courage to do it. And then when it happens, help me to have the humility to give you the credit for it happening and not to take any kind of credit whatsoever. So the purpose of this podcast, in case you're wondering, was not to, to brag or to say, hey, look at me, look at what I did. It's more to say, this is how I believe God used me to stand the gap in a situation for somebody else's life, and I stand ready for the next time. And I'm thankful for the opportunities to do it. So that is it. That's episode 25, how to be available and bless those around you, enrich others' lives, and to live a life that's more fulfilling in the grand picture that might leave a, a legacy that far surpasses your existence on this planet that is not about you, that still enriches your life because I, I have to tell you, it does feel good to come along other people in their pain and suffering and to be there. This last week rocked me. It really did. 
but I'm still thankful for, for being used in that way. So I hope uh, this was a podcast that made you think a little bit, maybe challenged you to make yourself more available. And if you ever want to reach out, feel free, shoot me an email at nickbillockrealtor at gmail.com. But with that, thank you for joining me on today's How To Anything podcast. Please feel free to share it with friends and family, and I hope you'll join me next time on episode 26. So be sure to subscribe so you won't miss out. And you can find me on Instagram at garageboxnick. And as, as I said a few moments ago, via email at nickbillockrealtor at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to make today great.